Chapter 10 Live to Fight Another Day Not everything that weighs you down is yours to carry. Anonymous The only thing that stopped me from going through with it was the thought of my mother and how it would destroy her if I actually did it. There's also this little thing called pride that gets in the way of your best laid plans sometimes, so instead of hurting her like that, I decided to ask her to come live with me and help pay the rent for the small apartment I'd taken since Mackenzie was staying in the house. Mom drove right out and took a job as a chip runner at the Venetian poker room at the Venetian casino. We lived together for about a year and a half. It was humbling to have to ask her for help like that, humbling in more ways than one. Here I was, nearly 40 years old, having just gone through a divorce, about to lose my house and needing mom's help just to pay the rent. But even so, it was better to do that than to devastate her by taking my own life. And I have to admit, it was healing to be around someone who loved me like that. Someone who not only didn't judge me, but was also willing to change her life temporarily to help me get back on my feet again. My mom would give her right leg if one of her kids needed it. In fact, I advise anyone who has ever been in that sort of a position, close to losing all hope, to seek help immediately. And if you have people in your life that you know truly love you, then go to them, no matter how embarrassed you think it will make you feel. Think about it. Anyone who's fallen into a pit needs someone else to at least throw down a rope ladder to help them out. Once you're standing in the sun again, you'll see that it was worth whatever mortification you felt reaching out, and you'll be in a position to help someone else out later should the opportunity arise, and it will. After a year and a half, I was on my own again. Mackenzie moved out of the house. I moved back in. Mom returned to California. And finding myself feeling lonely once again, I decided this time the solution would be to find myself a companion. I wanted a dog, but I couldn't stand the thought of leaving the dog at home all day while I was out working. Cats are way more independent and don't need no stinking people around all the time, a bit like myself, I suppose. Maybe, I reasoned, a cat would provide me with the companionship I craved. I also hoped that caring for another living thing would take me out of my head and my problems and finally free me from my lingering funk. I dropped by the local animal shelter and, after looking around, found a cat wobbling around inside her cage. She was a bit of an outcast, a cat who'd been at the shelter longer than most because no one would adopt her, again just like me. It turned out she had something called cerebellar hypoplasia, a condition in which the cerebellum of the brain fails to develop properly. The cerebellum is the portion of the brain that controls fine motor skills and coordination. The condition is not painful or contagious, but the cat had super bad balance and couldn't even jump, I mean at all. She wasn't the kind of cat I'd had in mind to adopt when I first entered the shelter, but I figured no one else was going to want her, so I took her home. I named her Baby. She was a very loving cat, albeit extremely uncoordinated. She would follow me around all day and sleep by my side at night. For a while there, she seemed like the only good thing I had in my life. If she was grateful to have a home with me, I was probably even more thankful to have her. But I needed human companionship too, and Jody, a fellow personal trainer at the gym, thought she knew just the girl for me, one of her clients, a recently divorced woman named Jessica. Jessica was very attractive. She was also a professional mixed martial arts fighter, so she was definitely physically fit and very assertive to boot. We hit it off, and after six months together, I moved in with her and her son. I had to find a new place to live when I finally sold the house. The arrangement worked for both of us at the time, though I don't believe either of us saw it as a partner-for-life situation, probably because we had both been burned by divorce. 
Jessica had many great qualities, but the one thing that bothered me about her was the tone she could sometimes take with people, including me. Being tough and strong-willed, she often got her point across by being confrontational or argumentative. I look back now and realize that she was a strong D-personality type, and sometimes it downright pissed me off. On the other hand, I also really admired her tough-minded approach. If you're unfamiliar, the D personality is from the DISC profile, which names dominance, influence, steadiness, and compliance as the main personality types. Ds are characterized as decisive and dominant. They're risk-takers and self-starters with high confidence who naturally assume leadership positions and expect others to look to them for direction. That was Jessica to a T. As such, she was a real go-getter and had a very strong business sense to go with it. The wheels in her brain were always turning and I absolutely learned a lot from her example. In fact, when I now look back on our time together, I see it as a fruitful and formative season in my life that I wouldn't trade for anything. Learning to deal with challenging people can be a solid education. And with someone like Jessica, that education was more like working toward a business degree. They say you become like the people you spend time with, and I definitely became more and more like Jessica as time went on. Jessica would often say that she felt like she was good luck Chuck and that every guy she'd ever dated started off as a nobody and after their breakup would go on to become something great. I didn't understand what she meant at the time, but in retrospect, I can see now that she had a tremendous impact on those men and as a result, made them better people, not to mention better equipped for business and better fighters. She taught me the true value of believing in oneself and in taking the bull by the horns to get the job done. Our relationship didn't work out in the end, but hey, I give credit where it's due, and I truly believe that I would not be where I am today had I not studied at the school of Jessica and observed how she always went after what she wanted, how she refused to give up, how, if she fell, she got right back up again and moved on to the next thing. Plus, she had legit high-dollar business experience. Before her divorce, she had helped her husband to build and run a multi-million dollar fitness brand. This whet her appetite to achieve some kind of similar success again, so we brainstormed ways we thought would allow us to achieve that together. Then we hit on it. Since we were both into fitness, we decided we could combine our expertise and open up our own weight loss clinic. We put together meal plans, sold a line of supplements, and set up a storefront to offer our personal training services. It was great to be back in business and have a real brick-and-mortar building to work out of again. Even if it was just a tiny storefront, we had hopes of branching out and maybe even creating a chain once the ball started rolling. One snag, though, was that we had little to no marketing budget. So with the exception of our rinky-dink, do-it-yourself website, we had minimal web presence. We hoped that our location, at least, would draw customers in. Yes, our place was tucked away and off to the side of the main foot traffic in the area, but we were sure we'd attract clients right off the street because we were situated near an aesthetic complex where all the tanning, lipo, Botox treatment, and hair and nail services could be found. And didn't we all cater to the same clientele? People who wanted to look their best? We could not have been more wrong. People who have cosmetic procedures and other beautifying services performed are not necessarily the same people who regularly go to the gym. In all those other places, the client passively receives a service while reading the latest issue of Vogue. At our weight loss clinic, the client would have to work for their results and work their asses off. They had to actively take part in their own improvement. So, although we did manage to get a handful of clients every week, Jessica and I spent most days sitting inside our tiny workspace watching people and life pass us by. We didn't last a year. But our cloud of failure had a silver lining, actually more like a platinum one. 
His name was George, and he was one of my weight loss clients. He came in, bought a custom-made package, and began training with me three times a week. He was a good candidate for the program, and he put in the work, so he made some good progress before Jessica and I had to close shop. I gave George the bad news. What are you going to do now? He asked me. I'm not really sure, I admitted. Well, he said, and paused before asking me a question that no one had ever asked me before. Have you ever thought about going into real estate? What about you? Have you ever been so down that you've been tempted to give up? What is your mental state right now? Are you feeling at an emotional rock bottom enough to be having any thoughts of self-harm or suicide? If so, please put down this book and call the National Suicide Prevention Number 1-800-273-8255 or 911 and ask for help immediately. That's what this last chapter was about, asking for and or getting help when you need it. We've all had times when we felt like complete shit about ourselves. I know, I've been there, on multiple occasions. In those moments, it's hard to imagine a happier, healthier, and better future. Yet, if we hold on, those days do come. Perhaps what I've learned about myself each time I've gotten back up for another day of fighting is that I'm stronger than I knew. In fact, I believe that goes for all of us. We are all stronger than we realize. Emotional strength is on a different level than physical strength. When we tap into that strength and power through the worst of times is when we are truly at our most badass. Yes, it's when we are most ashamed and filled with self-loathing and yet choose to survive that we can actually flip the script and become prouder of ourselves than we have ever been. That's the good kind of pride, to accept, appreciate, and love yourself on a deep and profound level. The bad kind of pride is the kind that sends stupid messages to your brain, like, I'm better than my neighbor and therefore too smart to fail. Because when you do fail, and everyone does, that kind of pride will make you fall to pieces. The bad kind of pride can also disguise itself as the good kind, like when you tell yourself, I'm such a badass that I can do this by myself, I will rise from the ashes without help from anyone else. That's not how it works. What makes you a badass isn't that you survive your darkest moments without help from anyone, it's that you survive, period. That you make it through to see another day. It's the bad kind of pride that you have to swallow in order to ask for help. Are there people in your life who you know will have your back no matter what? I suggest you take some time now to think about those friends, loved ones, co-workers, etc. who you believe, based on your past experiences with them, would be willing or open to helping you out, either emotionally or monetarily, or both, in times of need. It could be something practical, like helping you find a job, something more immediate, like providing you with food, or something healing, like taking the time to sit with you and listen to your problems. Whatever helps you best. Write down the names of these people on a list and keep it handy and commit the names to memory. That way, if you're ever in a bad situation and feel like no one can help you, you can pull out your list and be reminded that there are possibilities. And don't forget to keep a lookout for others who might be down and out to the point of despair too. You might not be there at the moment, but someone else might be, and you might be just the help they need. What about companionship? When my wife and I broke up, I wasn't immediately ready for another romantic relationship, but I definitely needed loving companionship. I am fortunate to have a loving mother who came to my aid when I asked. But I also got myself a cat, because I knew my obligation to take care of another living creature, especially one as helpless and rejected as baby, could force me back onto my feet. If I couldn't do it for myself, I could do it for another that I was responsible for. You know what they say about rescued pets. 
They are the ones who really rescue you. And I have to agree. Baby paid me back for taking her in many times over with her loving companionship. And by putting her needs before my own, I was able to lift myself out of my state of complacency and self-pity and become more fully involved with life again. What about you? Is there someone, a parent, spouse, child, or even pet, who needs your support or care even more than you need theirs? Giving to others who are down and even worse off than you can actually help restore your self-esteem and help you to realize how truly rich you still are. It helped me to pull my own head out of my ass and get back to work and build a life for myself. Love yourself, but with the good kind of pride, not the bad kind. If shit is fertilizer, love is miracle grow. Believe not that you're better or worse than the next guy, but that you're just as good, just as worthy to be loved, just as worthy to be helped, and just as capable of getting back on your feet. And remember that you don't have to do it alone. I was a prideful, grown-ass man who had to call his mommy to help him pay rent and to keep him from doing himself in. I have zero regrets about doing that. And my mother was more than happy to do good by her son. And what was the ultimate result of my deciding to live another day, and the next, and the next? Well, it took a little time, but my life has taken a major turn for the better. And boy am I glad to still be on this planet to enjoy it. There's some awesome shit coming for you in your future. I just know it. Sometimes you have to wade through some awful crap first, just like I had to. But I found a diamond in mine. Real estate. What will you find in yours? I hate to tell you this, but I think they've found their sucker. An interview with Brandon Roberts, founder and owner of Signature Real Estate. At the time, I thought I had found my meal ticket. I'd been in the real estate business in Utah for a while when in 2007, I had the opportunity to buy a region in Nevada for a real estate franchise sales company. I closed on the region in October of that year, truly thinking I'd just made the deal that was going to be my answer to everything. But I realized the horrible truth while on my first trip to Vegas to meet with the existing franchises there when I discovered that Vegas was going through one of its most dismal recessions ever. I could not have picked a worse time to open a real estate office. I should have done the research before signing on the dotted line. Still, I went forward with it because I'd invested a ton of money into it already. But I realized that it was probably going to be a huge mistake while I was on a phone call with my business coach. Yes, I had a business coach at the time. I had moved away from family, friends, and everything I knew, only to meet with frustration. I asked him straight out, What do you think? Can I even make money at this? His answer? I hate to tell you this, but I think they found their sucker. And at that point, I knew that my plans weren't going to work out, that I wasn't going to go in the direction I had thought I was going to, but I resolved to make the best of it. I worked really hard, opening six offices over a five-year period, although none of them were big. This depleted all my savings, as everything that I invested in, money-wise, time-wise, and everything else-wise, had not worked out up to that point. I made the decision to part ways with that company. This made for a sticky six-month period due to my contract with them, so I very nearly had to live in my car. Thanks to a mentor friend of mine, this didn't happen. Since he needed a house of his to be short-sold, he asked me to sell it and allowed me to live in it in the meantime. While it was good to be living in a home, it wasn't my home. I used the time to look back on all the time and money I'd wasted and feel sorry for myself. I'd hit rock bottom, again. What other feelings did you have when you knew things were failing and crashing around you? The feeling of failure. What the hell am I going to do now? 
You know, like I said, I had no money, had no place to go. Yes, I could go back to Salt Lake, and I could probably move in with my mom until I got on my feet, but when I moved out when I was younger, my goal was to never have to go back home. So that point was actually one of the scariest times in my life, but it was also one of the most instrumental. In fact, it was probably one of the best times in my life because it put me in a position to reflect and decide what I was going to do for the next chapter of my life. Am I going to sell real estate? Am I going to move back to Salt Lake? At the time, it felt like the end of the world, but looking back on it now, I feel it really was quite a blessing. Because that's when I made the decision to open Signature Real Estate Group, and I never really looked back. When I look at all the stuff that I went through during that five-year period of being down here by myself trying to make things work, and when I think about all the people I met and built relationships with, I realize it was all groundwork to create the opportunity to grow Signature to what it is today. Awesome. And then, can you tell us a little bit about what you did end up achieving? When I bought the region and moved to Vegas, I actually had three real estate offices back in Salt Lake that I ended up selling. So I lost those too. I lost everything. But now, I've been able to rebuild three solid offices down here in Vegas that employ over 500 real estate agents in a model that has better retention. I also partially own a signature real estate office in California. And I even opened an office in Salt Lake again in the exact same building where I'd opened my first office there. In fact, the broker I hired for that location is the very first broker who hired me when I first got started. Great turnaround. What advice would you give to someone going through a failure or a perceived failure? Someone in the same place you were in years ago, feeling low about not being able to achieve their dream or their goal. Try to use this time to step back and evaluate. Everything is just a season. There's opportunity with everything, and it's not the end of the world. When one door closes, another door opens. I know it's not always easy, but periods like those can actually be tremendous opportunities when seen in the right light. You don't have to be a tycoon to have success. Look at me. I'm just an average guy. I go to work every day and do the little things. But if you stay consistent with the little things, then the big things can happen. Brandon had dreams of building a little real estate empire and was even willing to make real sacrifices to reach his goals. He made grand gestures by leaving everything he knew, home, family, and friends, to make it happen. But he also made big mistakes, like not reading the market or doing the research, and this got him into some deep shit. But he was able to turn things around. And by foregoing the grand and careless gestures of his past and opting instead to take smaller steps that were truer to himself, he found his way to success. He did not give up on his real estate dreams or choose another path, he just changed the way he forged it. Instead of building an empire, he grew a garden, through patient planting and what he considers being ordinary, and it's now a flourishing success, much like my own business. But before I could get there, I had to start at the beginning and learn the ropes of real estate. Unfortunately, a few short weeks into my first job, I ended up hating it so much that I decided to quit.